Welcome to Hey Auntie episode 4. Hey Auntie, why are we like this? We're going to ask some amazing sisters to share with us their experience of what can often be a silenced and uh, maybe a bit painful prickly subject and that's the undermining and infighting that can exist between sisters within a community. Um, it is uh, a tough thing to be on the receiving end of. So we'll be asking the aunties, what was the experience like for them? Um, why do they think that these things seem to occur? And what did they do? What can you do to move through it? To move past this sort of experience or to move past maybe doing this sort of thing yourself? For this first episode, I'm delighted to be joined by the wonderful Lisa Hilly. Lisa is a contemporary artist and a collection manager of Pacific Art at Museums Victoria. She is a proud uh, Papua New Guinea woman, active in research and reinvigoration of Pacific cultural identity. Lisa takes me through how she has navigated different experiences of, I guess, being shunned by other sisters, um, particularly when she has been hoping for uh, celebration and support, and how she has learned to have understanding and empathy for these situations. Um, we talk about a call to action uh, from none other than the amazing Solange Knowles herself. And Lisa then closes out with a um, beautiful discussion of the power of sisterhood, um, which is strongly represented in her work. Gorgeous conversation uh, where Lisa was really vulnerable and shared a lot with us. I hope that you enjoy it. Um, check it out. I had been dealing, emotionally dealing with this particular topic with women in my community and I felt like it was a, a solo struggle because I'd never experienced it before and the fact that it was happening more than once over, over a period of a short amount of time, you know, I just started speaking to my sisters because I was like this is what's going on. I, I don't know how to deal with this. I don't know how to move beyond this. I don't know how to behave around certain women in my community because it's really difficult and I don't know why I'm made being, being made to feel inferior. It's so hard, isn't it? Because Hey Auntie is about the idea of extended familial bonds in black culture. And these are people who, while you're not related to them, you have that bond of sisterhood. Mm. So it's such a it's such a, a hurtful thing mm. when they start to undercut you because I think a lot of women feel shame mm. and it makes them endure this sort of stuff when actually it's just straight up bullying sometimes. Do you have a particular story that comes to mind that you could share that would really typify the situation where we get undercut by our sisters? For my experience, like it's it's hard to kind of just say one single story because there's like lots of little things. But I will focus on one um, because I feel like I'm sort of beyond that now and I'm, I've come to a place of like healing and um, I've gotten back to a place of love and compassion for this particular woman. Um, That's and that hasn't, gorgeous. Yeah, and that hasn't been easy because <laughs> we had a very strong relationship creatively and, you know, we um, worked together to create a really culturally safe space for women in our community 
And what I've noticed as a pattern over um, the course of time with other women in my community who have tried to undermine me or make me feel less than is that it's their own sense of wanting to succeed and seeing me as a threat. And so by actually trying to isolate me or cut me out or just sort of um, not engage with me is, is a form of keeping me at distance and so that so that I'm not um, you know impeding on their in, in their sort of world and their stardom or whatever it is that they want. And so I s- significantly remember um, spending time with this particular woman and um, it got to a point where my career was actually starting to just take off in terms of my own practice and I was trying really hard to engage with her and I hadn't seen her in a long time because she'd moved away and I was trying to just make you know small talk with her and every time I went and spoke to her she just cut the conversation down like just shut it down and then just walk, like, and would just walk away and I was just like what's going on here and I I, I just thought that's really weird um, and it is often those little things. Yeah, it was really, I was just like, what's going on? With, what's going on? And so um, I remember leaving a particular space where I saw her speaking to two women that I know that she doesn't trust. Well, I know that she had really negative experiences with in the past. And I just thought, that's so weird. She's giving them all her time. And yet she can't even hold a conversation with me. And I just thought, what's going on here? And I remember like, leaving that particular event and I was in tears because I just thought I had we had such a strong friendship I remember like you know talking to my boyfriend about it at the time because I said I don't know what's going on like what she's just not talking to me and it's just so unsettling isn't yeah it? it just made me feel like crap and I just I just I was just crying and he said he just looked at me and he said Lisa it's it's not you and I was just like oh really and you know and even um we had and this kept happening over the course of like you know uh, a couple of months and i just thought okay there's definitely something going on here you know and you pick up on body signs and body language and i saw little things here and there and what happened was that day when i saw her um and she kind of you know avoided me i saw the mask fall off right yeah because you know she's someone who sort of walks and talks and preaches about love and you know and I just thought, you know what? You've got to walk the talk and you can't just talk the talk. And I just thought, I just saw the mask fall off. And that is such an interesting moment because I think uh, in my conversations with women about this subject, something that they come back to again and again, and in my own experience, we are so hesitant to give up these bonds when we form them mm. that something in the pit of your stomach starts telling you quite early mm little things will start happening and you'll Mm. start feeling that disquiet Mm. but you sort of shrug them off because you just don't want to admit it to yourself Mm. and also because we just distrust our instincts terribly sometimes and it goes on and on and it builds and builds and then almost admitting to yourself that no this is what it is Mm. like that is painful in itself yeah that's right and I knew for like quite a few years that it was there was never it was never like a really um, solid friendship. Like I I believed it to be more than what it actually really was, and I just accepted that you know she didn't give me as much time of the day that she needed to. And I when I look back at that friendship, I think, oh, I just wanted to support her and I wanted to see her rise and grow. And when that happened, it was amazing. And you know we 
I celebrated her and everyone else in our community celebrated her. But then when it was my turn, when I was actually starting to rise, like I just got shut down. I, you know, got conversations like she just avoided me. And I just thought, what? Like, yeah, it just didn't make sense. And I just thought, okay, There wasn't that reciprocation. No, it wasn't reciprocated. The love was not returned. Yeah. And like I acknowledged that when she was succeeding, like, yes, it made me feel a little bit inadequate. And I just thought, oh, what am I not doing? You know, but I got over that. That's natural. Yeah, that's and that's human. Nothing wrong with having a feeling. Yeah, exactly. And I remember thinking, oh, she's doing so well. Like, I feel a little bit inadequate now. But I just thought, you know what? I've got to just keep supporting her because, you know, when she wins, we all win. And so I just thought, okay, no, I've, you've just got to like deal with that, Lisa. Like, it's just not your time. You've just got to keep working hard. And so I did. And then, you know, when I got to a point where I was, I was actually really starting to, you know, kick some goals in my practice, I remember seeing her make eye contact with me during a public event and I saw the insecurity in her eyes. Right. And I just thought, oh, okay, right. <laughs> you know, noted. <laughs> A, a revealing moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, the yeah. classic. The mm. cla- in a movie, there would be some sort of dramatic musical moment then. Yeah, I saw it. It was just a very minute moment. And I went, yeah. oh, okay, now I know what's going on. How were you able to forgive? It's getting into a place of compassion and reminding myself that we're all human beings and we're not perfect, like nobody is. And I acknowledge that, you know, I felt inadequate when she was succeeding so it was, I just thought, well, she's just probably feeling the same way. Maybe I handled it better than what she did. That's something that she needs to work on. And so I just recognised her inadequacy or, you know, and I realised, oh, she's not very good at confrontation and that sort of stuff. And so, but I just thought, I can't hold this. I can't carry this pain, this, this emotion that has nothing to do with me. All I can do is keep going and keep working on myself, keep succeeding And when the time comes, like, we'll come to that place. It wasn't without a conversation as well. Like, I had a really difficult conversation with her on the phone and just basically called her out on it. Wow, that's (laughs) tough. It was hard, and uh, and I don't think she was pretty happy about it. But I just – it needed to happen. I just said, look, this is what I feel. And this was a year later, you know. It was a year later after that incident happened. I just said, look, you know, this is what happened. And we had the conversation, and I didn't feel – I didn't feel 100% convinced or satisfied with her response. But were you happy that you had the conversation anyway? Oh, yeah. Yeah. For me, it was just like, you know what? Just so you know, I'm not avoiding you because of this. It's, this is why. This is why I'm sort of distancing myself from you because I feel like this is how you feel about me or this is what this is what's happened. And so I just needed to, to clarify with her that I'm keeping my distance because I feel like, you know, certain events and certain behaviours have kind of led to this point. And so... Um, she, yeah, but she basically said no. Um, it wasn't that, and you know, blah blah blah. But it was like wa- water had well, you know, flown under the bridge. But you set the boundary. Yeah, I just said, look, this is what I feel. This is what happened. I, this is how it made me feel when you did this, and you know. But she sort of, you know, denied that, you know, that she was behaving that way. And I just thought, okay, you know what? I actually got my answer. Yeah. So and then I just pulled back and went, okay, cool. Live your life. I'm going to live mine. <laughs> yeah, I think you can let it go, can't you then? Mm. Um, I, You mentioned that uh, this is something that you've noticed as a bit of a pattern mm. um, with other women in your community sometimes. Mm. Have you noticed an, any particular time that this sort of thing will crop up? Is it 
when you are perhaps celebrating a win mm. or um it's definitely when I um I know that when I'm when I am succeeding or when I'm doing something you know that's um I don't know being publicized or it's it's getting a lot of traction even when I've you know I've just got exhibitions on or something I don't like it's just it, but you're an artist yeah I'm a public figure like it's just I've actually only only just accepted that in the last year it's like oh yeah <laughs> You're like, that's the thing I do. Yeah, it's like, oh, that's right. Artists are public figures. It's like, okay, gotcha. Okay, right. It's all part of growing as well, the um, the process of um, dealing with those situations. of um, Yeah. How do you think you navigate them differently to how you did earlier in your life? I, I now understand that it's not actually about me. And I understand that I've had to come to the realisation that as a woman, you know, I in living in Australia and working in this space, I, I'm, an, I'm a minority, but I'm also a threat. Not just to women to my own community, but outside of that as well. And that's got nothing to do with me. <laughs> what, what have you reflected that might be about? People aren't used to seeing women like myself succeed. Then it's, mm. it's, that's, and that's the problem. They're not used to seeing us win, be so articulate. They're not used to seeing us stand up or, you know, be outspoken um, or hold strength. And I've, I speak to a lot of women that I'm close to about this particular issue because that's my way of working through it is I need to speak to other women, particularly women in the community that I trust, to sort of go, hey, this is what I'm feeling. What do you think? And um, a great friend said, you know, people are very intimidated by women who are – who have a high who have a high sense of value and morals, who are intelligent and who are succeeding. And it was just she just said those three things and I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, that's me. <laughs> it's like, okay. I, I really love that um you have that sort of confidence because mm. that's one of the things that can rob you of mm. rob you of your confidence. And that's that's what it is. It's trying to undermine your sense of um, strength and belonging and who you are. And I, I was listening to um, yours and my favourite, Brene Brown, this morning. Amen. <laughs> no. I woke up this morning and I was like, okay, I need to listen to that audiobook again, Braving the Wilderness. And I was up to chapter two and she speaks about true belonging. Oh, and yes. I just thought, my gosh, like it just... You know, it's the second time I've listened to it and I just was thinking about what she was defining as true belonging and how you, when you when you truly belong to yourself, you can belong, as Maya Angelou says, you belong nowhere, you belong everywhere. Like, that quote is incredible. I'm doing hallelujah hands, guys. <laughs> yeah, and so I just thought, wow. Um, and it made me think of Yasmin, you know, who so has just had true. so much difficulty with the Australian media and what I thought of, and because what Brene Brown talks about, and you know, she's referencing Maya Angelou here, is that when you truly belong to yourself, nobody can take that away from you. And I just thought, that's Yasmin. She knows who she is. But we we always seem to have to form that through adversity. Exactly. And but the thing is, where the criticism comes in is they're trying to undermine your sense of belonging and your sense of character of who you are. Because people don't know how they feel threatened by that. And so they go for that. And that's what I figured out this morning. Sunday morning, eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Great time that for was, reflection. That was my revelation this morning. I was like, that's it. 
People will undermine your sense of integrity, your sense of character, because it's like it is such a vulnerable, intangible thing that can be easily bruised. Mm. And I just thought, that's it. That's what it is. Like if someone can undermine your sense of belonging of who you are and what you're about, then you're susceptible to attack. You know, and that's that is like the lowest of the low. Yeah. It's a cheap shot, isn't it? Yeah, that's it, what is. it is. It's a cheap shot. I saw a really fun meme and it said, set aside anything that reminds you of high school. <laughs> and I think that that is something that I, comes to mind when I think of these situations mm. because it is the sort of cheap shot that you take at high school. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the sending someone to Coventry. Mm. It's, you know, making just making someone feel like they don't mm. belong. Mm. But what motivates, what motivates women to do that to each other do you think and particularly women of color Mm. not that we do it more than other women Mm. but what do you think are the particular uh tensions that are at play that are causing women to lash out at each other in these ways in an australian and western context um you know we're a minority and so so we all stick together, right? We should, but <laughs> that, that's that's the ideal. We should, but sometimes we can, you know, our individual success can only be limited to one or two, you know, like because we can't take up too much space in, you know, in white spaces because then then it comes across as like, oh, we're going to take over. And so there's there there's there are there's infrastructure of measure of like measurements and control within white spaces. And so if we're if there's too many of us in there, then we shift the power balance, and that's you know then you get into racism and race politics. So it's like maybe the woman thinks that you're rocking the boat. Yeah, or like it's like well if you come in here, then I'm no longer you know deemed as significant. You took the sister spot. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I think it is. It's like well there's there's only there's only enough room for one. You know what? I've got to tell you, when I think of my most recent episode or something like this, I definitely felt after I finally accepted very, very much too late that this person was kind of my frenemy, um, I felt like perhaps that person's identity was very connected with being surprisingly the black woman in a white space Mm -hmm. and being kind of having two of us, I think, made her feel like, well, she's taken my shtick now. Mm. Yeah, and this comes back to identity and belonging. And I think what I've worked on over the last few years is not associating, like, my work, my career as my identity. Because you can lose that. You can lose your job. You know, you can lose friends. You can lose family. And if you, you know, if you weigh all of the those sort of ideas around you know, that's that's what makes up who you are. You know, if that's the core value of who you are, then you're going to, like, you're going to have a hard time if you if you lose any of those things. And so I've gotten to a place where, actually, you know what? Yes, I am these things. I am an artist. I'm a public figure. I also work, you know, in a museum. And I, I'm a mother. I'm a daughter. You know, like, I'm all these things. But at the end of the day, like, I know who I am. You know, I'm a woman who likes to, you know, go walking in the forest by myself. I like cups of tea, you know. I like, yeah. like you know, like, that's that's me. Yeah. No one can take that away from me. I love me. that. I love that. Yeah. And it's it seems like a small thing, but it's not, is it? It's not because uh, I think it's this feeling of threat that makes mm. people lash out. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's um, it's that's got to do with their own sense of identity and their belonging to themselves, and that's. I'm so glad I listened to that audiobook this morning. <laughs> it's like really serendipitous timing for our chat today. Right. <laughs> I am such a Brene fan. I'm such a Brene fan. Um, it sounds like you have gone through these experiences, reflected on them, come to a place of being quite at peace and being okay with it when it comes along. Mm. How have your experiences of this sort of thing influenced the way that you try to act as a sister and the type of sisterhood you try and display to your friends mm. and your community? Mm. To definitely be a lot more open and welcoming and su- like I still remain supportive of of a lot of women in my community like and I always have and I will continue to do that forever and when I do see where women do feel threatened or intimidated by my presence I want to try to you know not close off to that because all I can do is just you know acknowledge someone's feeling uncomfortable or whatever's going on for them and just allow them the space or whatever they need like that's that's for me that's the next thing is trying to figure out how do I how do I behave when that happens again? Because it happened recently and I just, it, if anything, it just affirmed my feeling, my sense of feeling of like, oh, that person's doesn't, yeah, they don't feel comfortable in my presence for some reason. What did you do? <laughs> I, um, I, I tried to stay engaged in the conversation with this woman, but her body language was saying, she was not interested in talking to me and moving away. But you away. try to stay open. Yeah, yeah, I just tried to stay open. That's the, your consciousness was, Yeah. I see what's happening, yeah. but I'm going to try and stay open. Yeah, and there was an opportunity for me to go to lunch with her with another friend and I could see in the distance where she was standing that she was uncomfortable and I just thought, but she comes across as this incredibly confident person and is succeeding doing, like she's doing better than me. I, I think this <laughs> is, I like, think what? you raise a really important point there, Lisa, yeah. which is that... So many of us, look, black women are so vivacious and popping, right? Mm. Uh, Not to blanket us all. I'm sure there's lots of introverted black Mm. girls out there too. But Mm. we are so often perceived to be so loud and colourful that people are not aware of our vulnerability, innate Mm. vulnerability, just Mm. like everyone else. But then also, I think maybe an extra layer of vulnerability in that uh, a lot of the time the success we have is really hard fought and it feels feels like it can be taken away from us Mm. at any moment. Mm. Um, And so I think that that can often be underneath the very polished and successful front um you're dealing with people who might actually be feeling quite vulnerable and fragile because you know however successful you are you and i both know you're still potentially dealing with micro and macroaggressions mm. all day mm. you know that and so i think it's just it's like a sliding doors moment i feel like i could have ended up being a shady sister too <laughs> just i just you know mm. i just stepped left instead of stepping right yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we're stronger together. Yeah. You know, and I, you know, after seeing Solange sing to you in Ooh. Sydney at the Opera House, like that I was, was anointed. Yes, she was. That was a game changer for me. Like something shifted big time to see witness that. Like, you know, I was on the other side of the room, like way, way, way on the other side of the room and I saw that and I felt I felt the power of that moment. And I know what it meant to you because I know what you had been through previously. And I just thought, 
what Solange did was incredible and and it made me think I need to make eye contact with every single sister I see on the street. That's it. Because we are meaningful yeah. to each other. Yeah. And it's that's it. I was like, you know what? I actually just that's what needs to happen from this point onwards. And I do. I make a concerted effort to make sure I make eye contact with every sister that is prepared to make eye contact with me. Mm. And I did it on the tram um, about a month after um, seeing Solange and this fine sister got on and she was like she'd just been to Cole's supermarket she'd just done her shopping she was wearing like beautiful like African prints and she had her hair and a wrap and some like beautiful beads and I was just like I was like oh my god I was like love at first sight I was like look at this sister amazing and she got on the tram she sat down she was only like you know a good five meters away and I was just like looking at her with so much um, warmth and joy and then she like looked at me and she like she almost like blushed like because oh, it was just sweet and I was basically saying to her I see you acknowledgement you know? yeah I important. see you and I, I know what it's like to be a black woman in a predominantly white society in Australia like it's really important that we acknowledge each other and make sure that we've got each other's back totally and when I see a sister like that as well I don't just uh, consume her image mm, on mm, a one mm, one layer basis, mm, on a, a one dimensional basis. When I see a sister out in a head wrap in a beautiful African print, I also think of the fact that when she woke up that morning, she had a choice to be small mm, and to hide herself mm-hmm. and to try and avoid negative attention, or she had a choice to expand and radiate as she wanted to in the world and that that takes courage and I want to make that eye contact give her that nod throw up my Wakanda because <laughs> you know me I'm shameless um but you know I want to I want to recognize her because I think so often we're consumed as like a colorful parrot you know mm. just like some sort of decorative thing like oh that's nice mm. without understanding what's underneath that I'm like effort went into that mm. courage went mm. into that that's right that's what the eye contact is for yeah and that's a beautiful legacy from Solange being here. Mm. It's, it's not that she started it, but she she did reignite it in me too. Mm. Because I was like, if this experience is impacting me mm. this much, mm. and she's a stranger to me as much as I adore her, um, what do I mean to the women in my life? Mm-hmm. And what can I mean to other women in my community if I'm open? But I think it takes courage because every time you nod at someone, uh, you risk them not nodding back at you. Mm-hmm. So it takes a willingness to be vulnerable. Yep. And so the person who was dodging having lunch with you, um, I think it's a question of what you do when you feel vulnerable. Yeah, that's a great point. It is. It's, it's what is your automatic response. Right. And that's, yeah, yeah, you're right. Like it takes courage to be vulnerable, to be open and um you expose yourself to the world because, you know, it's it's not easy. It's not an easy thing to do. And maybe that's why it's the people whose judgment you fear the most mm. are your sisters. Oh, my goodness. Maybe that's, what it is. that's <laughs> why. Yeah, you know, maybe that's why this stuff <coughs> crops up. Got to speak from my own experience here. That's the whole point of Hey Auntie. But I definitely, when I, when I reflect back into times where I don't think I've been the friend that I should have, um, 
I definitely actually, thinking back, it was not because I didn't care about the person. It was probably because I cared too much Mm. about what they thought of me. And it made me feel extremely vulnerable. And then I resented that vulnerability Mm. and took it out on them. Mm. It's that makes so much sense. Right. It does. When you explain it like that, it's like, oh, that's what it is. So maybe it's a question of just getting a bit older and having embarrassed myself more (laughs) in public. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, well, I fell on my butt that time and I did not die. And so I can allow space. But I also think that that is a thing for black women because I do think there is also this expectation that we'll be, you know, doing doing S-snaps in the air and killing it and being a bad bitch. And uh, do you know what I mean? I feel like... We, we're not allowed to be the weak, vulnerable woman, black right? woman. Oh, my God. And yep. so when you're in a situation and you are in a space where perhaps you are putting on a front mm. that you mm. are... Because I know that's what I... Look, 25-year-old me, uh, 30-year-old me even, who maybe was harboring some of these secret sort of jealous and vulnerable feelings towards other black women who who came across my path, I was not presenting that to the world. What I was presenting to the world is, I'm this, I'm that, Mm. I'm fearless. And then it's like a cliff face to jump off to admit that you are embarrassed or you don't know or you can't be vulnerable because you've put so much effort into presenting yourself as this tough person, badass, whatever, that it really, yeah, it widens the gap between you and your sisters. You're so right. As you were explaining that just previously, I was just like, oh my gosh, that's it. (laughs) That's it. it. We can end this conversation. (laughs) But but it's just because I'm thinking like maybe, maybe it's about making space Mm. for us to be vulnerable so that when we come across a woman who makes us feel like holy mackerel you are a badass so we can actually just hang out in that vulnerability and maybe even acknowledge it Mm. and so how do how do you how do we do that is it I um, I think that it takes practice something that's really influenced the way I approach things now is um an article, and I think he did a TED talk too. These things always end up as TED talks. But this guy who did an experiment called 100 Days of Rejection, oh. and he asked for something every day for 100 days that was ridiculous. And sometimes he'd be like, oh, I actually got, got it. it. <laughs> but then what mostly he got was rejected. And what he did was he practiced being rejected and weathering that's that emotional internal storm Mm -hmm. better and better every time Mm. and maybe oh here comes another (laughs) bolt of insight (laughs) if I look back at my life up until the age of 25 I think that maybe I hadn't had many opportunities to make mistakes without consequences I think that uh I don't feel like the world makes a lot of space for people of color, for black women Mm. to make mistakes without consequences. So we fear, we fear the consequences of not getting things right. Mm. I'd love to see that experiment done by a woman of color. Can you do this, please? Can you make an art art piece of this? A hundred days of rejection. Yeah, just asking you, asking (laughs) do nice, easy things for me. Let me let me watch the TED talk first. Yeah, watch the TED talk. But but you know what I mean. We don't have until you've experienced something. You don't know that it's 
not gonna knock your socks off mm. so i think maybe that's a bit what it is lisa let me ask you another question mm-hmm. instead of just going on and on <laughs> <laughs> do you ever catch yourself getting a bit jealous or uh straying into negativity um when you see uh other sisters succeeding or thriving oh of course you know it's i mean we all do it it's natural isn't it's, it? it's, it's it's a part of being human it's funny because the most recent incident I had with a woman in my community who who I feel just was being insincere or just want, not wanting to engage with me in a public space, even if it was a fleeting moment, um, you know, like her career was is taking off and she's succeeding. But And I remember when that was happening, I was like, oh, you know, like, wow, she's shown at this, like, you know, one of the major art events in the world. And I just thought that's, that's incredible. What was the feeling inside there? Oh, it was like oh, I'm, again, I'm less than, you know, it's like, oh, the feeling was like, I don't know if I would ever be able to achieve that, you know, that those questions start to kind of, those um, deep-seated anxieties and fears of like, oh, she's done it, like, oh, I, I couldn't never see myself doing that, but it's like, here she is, she's doing it. And it's and like, if I want to, will there be space for me now she's gone there? Yeah, well, it, yeah, and, and just, it's almost like I wasn't ready for that elevation so quickly. And it was like, oh, does it can happen like that, you know, like in the blink of an eye. And I just thought, oh, and, you know, and maybe there's like these ideas in your head that kind of say, oh, um, not that that couldn't be me. It's more, um, well, now that she's at that level, we can no longer be associated or friends, you know, that, and that's that that's, is so true. That's the negativity that that is so honest. That starts to feed well. in. It's like, oh well, she's beyond me now. Like, mm. I, you know, and and that kind of plays out in in like psychologically with that person as well. It's like, well, you know, I've exhibited my work here now, so like you're beneath me. Like I've now escalated to this kind of echelon, potentially. That's or that's that's the psychology, but it's like it doesn't have to be like it that. It doesn't have no. to be like no. That. It doesn't have to be like that. Just because you've exhibited that space doesn't mean uh that you're above every time i meet somebody that i admire for one reason or another they are made human very quickly mm. yeah that's it and that's what it comes down to and and i changed my feeling of inadequacy towards that woman by thinking she is succeeding she is driven i admire her for her ambition for her desire to succeed and you know um get to that level i just thought that's amazing because She's, you know, cutting that path. And so that means like other women like me and women behind me who are kind of following the same path who are younger, we all get to go to follow that path as well. So it's like, that's how I flipped it. I just thought, you know what? It's a pathway. She's, she's cut that path. Great. That means all of us can follow. I love that. I think it's a really good way of speaking to yourself because jealousy is so natural mm, it is and it's, it's natural it's that's right and in it, the age of instagram my god jealousy <laughs> is natural stay in your lane that's, that's my that is my rule when i go into instagram and i see yeah. stuff that i start when i start comparing myself it's like no you gotta stay in your lane lisa like you've got skills and strengths and qualities that no one else has but what about when you don't know what your lane is and then you go on Instagram and everyone's like, this is my purpose, this is my mm. purpose, meh, meh, meh. Yeah. And you're like, oh, flipping heck. Mm. <laughs> when you don't know, I think you you become drawn or you seek out those who you, you were drawn to and start to get to know them and understand like how they got to that point and what their values are. And I think 
there's nothing wrong with reaching out for help. Like that's where that's when you do seek out and ask for help and say, you know, well, how did you get to here? And I had a, a young um, woman of color who's finishing her honors um, in art school um, approach me and say, I'd love to get um, your advice on this particular. Um, I've got a subject assignment that I need to interview an artist who I admire. So one, I was flattered. That's lovely. Two, it was like, yes, I am going to support this because I know how hard and I know how much of a lonely place it is at art school. And a lot of us drop out, you know, because the the way that they teach art history doesn't include us. I thought, you know what? I only give my time to a very small amount of people. But if I'm influencing another young woman in my community, broader community, then that's important. So I need to do that. And so I did that. And, you know, the fact that she did that was like, great, you know, she wasn't afraid to ask. And so it was like, well, that's we, that's what I need to encourage. The asking, mm. being vulnerable, yeah. asking for help yeah, yeah. rather than being like, yeah. who the hell does she think she is? Yeah. And, you know, we I picked her up and we went to this nice bakery and, and I said, she said, you know, she was really grateful to, have, you know, um, for me to give her my time. And I said, I know how much, I know how hard it is to be, you know, a minority in art school. Like, I know what that's like. And I said, I, we need more of us going through those spaces. Because loneliness is mentioned so many times. Mm. Look, loneliness is, a, is an epidemic of our era. But when I talk to the awesome women I'm speaking to to make the pod, often they speak of the loneliness of the spaces that they're in. And so it feels so important that we are there for each other as sisters whether mm. we're in the same sphere or mm. not what is uh for you the most beautiful thing that you get out of your sisterhood understanding knowing that i can just speak to them about um very specific nuanced experiences that i have that i know that they will understand and they'll get it it's just it is like life <laughs> <laughs> it is life to just have women like that um who I can just speak to and, you know, and they immediately validate, you know, my sense of identity and who I am and why I'm struggling with a particular issue. That That's that's really, really vital for my survival. 